How are you guys doing today? It's uh, you listening to the Fourth Liners podcast, and today we have a special guest sharing a very important story with us today. We're very grateful to have him, um, Kevin Geringer, the former president of the Humboldt Broncos. Um, Kevin, thank you for being here with us today on this uh, difficult day. We really appreciate your time here. Um, we really appreciate having you today. No, thank you for having we're, me, we're... Jacob and Bryce. Incredibly grateful. I was just going to say that that you're here, and we know we know it's a hard day, and. Uh... But, you know, we, we, we know how important uh, this is, I think, to, to a lot of Canadians and, and nobody, you know, will ever forget. And, and you know, it, I think it's just important to, to still talk about it and, and you know, kind of kind of relive, I think, what it means for all of us. Um, so, yeah, just just incredibly grateful to have you here. It's it's it's, it's really great that, uh, that that Jacob met you how he did. I, you know, I could, I couldn't believe it when he told me, I was like, no way. Like I, I just thought it was incredible. So. Well, I, I was, I, I guess I, I felt that it was all, it was my fortune to meet people. I, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of people um, over my lifetime, obviously. And, and uh, Jacob, just great young guy, just like you, Bryce, who are passionate about hockey, which I love and, uh, and still love to this day is, and uh um, and of course, just, you know, just good people. That's what it's all about. You meet so many great people and I, and Jacob was just one of those people and meeting you today has been great as well. Yeah, no, I, super happy. I, I definitely felt that about you, Kevin. Um, like our conversation, I, that was one of the best conversations I've ever had. Um, and you gave me your bracelet. I haven't taken it off since then. I've been wearing it every day. I feel like it's important to show support for what happened, um, uh, in 2018 um but i just remember our conversation you really like touched me and like i i thought it was very important and uh, to have you on here i made it a priority just to share the story and it meant a lot for you to just take your bracelet off your wrist and just give it to me so uh um i'm really grateful we met in, in mexico out of all places yeah. and um to share your story today thank you yeah it was it was uh it was a good meeting and and uh um I, like I said, it. Uh, I, I always think about uh, things that Darcy talked about, and he and I talked about a lot, and that was about you know people and about uh, great young people and that sort of thing. And certainly, meeting you was was about meeting a great young person. So, um, looking forward to today. Um, so, I, I think a great way for us to start, Kevin, is is for you to just um, you know tell us about how you, uh, you know, you came up in Humboldt and, uh, how, how you became involved with the team. Yeah, that's a, it's a great start in, uh, Bryce, I, I lead in, I think one of the things that, uh, I'm passionate about, of course, my entire career has been all about kids. And, um, I was a teacher, I was a principal, I was a superintendent. And now I'm a CEO of a school division and our office is right in Humboldt. So, um, just about eight years ago, <laughs> um, exactly that, uh, I, I took on um, or moved into the role of being the director of education. We call it in Saskatchewan, same as Ontario, actually, um, of the of the school division, uh, referred to as Horizon School Division. And so that's the reason I came to Humboldt um, was for this wonderful opportunity. I'd been an employee of Horizon School Division as a principal before I left and went out to Alberta for seven years as a superintendent. And so coming back was was just a great opportunity to you know be able to work with with staff um, impact hopefully the the children that you get to serve. We have about sixty four hundred students in our system that we get to 
um, try and meet the needs of every day. So that was the reason I, I went to Humboldt. And, and from there, um, like anyone, uh, you know, you, you, I was, I've always been passionate about hockey. I've got a, uh, my oldest son played four years of university hockey. My youngest son was a great little hockey player. Um, and, uh, my middle son was a curler actually. And, um, and so hockey's always been in our blood. I've got a nephew who's played in the NHL and, and those types of things. And so then there's that other side that's about being involved in your community and, it was clear that the board of the Broncos, there was lots of need to get people on the board. And, and I remember my deputy director coming to me and, and saying that uh, <clears throat> the Broncos are needing people to get on the board. Um, it was, it was, you know, it's always t- difficult to find that time and people had given back, you know, a lot um, that way uh, in the community. And so um, I took that as an opportunity to get in, you know, take a passion about hockey, a passion about kids and a passion about community involvement and kind of triangulate all that into being involved with the Broncos. And so I was on the board for a year and that's when um, the former president uh, stepped down and, and, and then was leaving the board. And we had a fair bit of t- turnover that year um, on the board. And so uh we ended up maintaining or having others come on then. And uh, it was right at that time, actually, that that um, that we were trying to decide who's going to be the president because nobody wanted to, nobody wanted the job. It, it uh, you know, it's, you volunteer, you like to help out, but having to be involved in the leadership pieces is, is a little bit uh, daunting for, for people. And so, I, I said I would step up and I would I would do that uh, that volunteer job as as president, um, and I said I'd give them a year and then we need to make sure somebody else gets involved because I I was starting my doctorate um, uh, still obviously leading the school division and doing all the work around that so it was busy but um, but nonetheless uh, you do what you have to do and I think busy people stay busy and and maybe get busier in lots of ways. But the big thing was about helping kids and helping the community and certainly, uh, you know, aligning that to my passion regarding hockey. So um, that's kind of how it all started out and how I got involved with the team. They're three-year terms. And so um, following the accident and after I stepped down from the presidency, I actually stayed on the board for the year to end my term. I don't, I don't believe in sort of stepping away from that um you know was something i needed to do because you know there's transition and that sort of thing and i felt it was important for the new board to have people who had been on and who had uh you know you know stick around at least till the end of that term and so i did that that's awesome kevin um it's always tough um dealing with that stuff too it's kind of incredible like i i didn't know that of you before i met you that you um that um you were the the head of uh the education in humble which was pretty inspiring to me like i can see how dedicated you are to the community and to help people and it just said uh, it's really heartwarming to see and um that's awesome for you to actually step up and do that and uh um uh, we can talk about um how, like uh well leading up the days leading up to the crash yeah um, how did um, 
things transpire up to that crash, uh, the, which was a pretty traumatic event for you. I understand that. Um, and how were the emotions, um, and like what were was going through your head when it, the crash did happen as well? Yeah. So maybe I just, I, I'd preface it with this, Jacob, first of all, in terms of, you know, uh, there are many people who volunteer for things that do, you know, a lot more than just, um, than what I did as, as being involved with the presidency. So, um, I certainly do value though, the, and recognize the importance of volunteerism. So, um, that's something I would always urge people to do, get involved in your community. You cannot have this world turn without volunteers. There's just no way nothing will ever work without a volunteer. And so, um, those people and, there's so many who do so much really deserve so much credit, but, but I, I, yeah, just leading up to the crash. Um, of course we were in the playoffs and, uh, there's a, there's a tremendous story that, uh, I know even Caleb, um, Dahlgren put in his book a little bit about it, that uh, story that I had shared, um, regarding, uh, a matter that happened with, with my billet, one of my billet sons, Connor Lucan. Um, and of course, Connor passed away. Um, and, uh, but I, I just wanted to share with you the story about it because it's, it, it just kind of is so in, in, you know, uh, inspirational in so many ways and, and, uh, keeps, you know, I think about that, um, that night when they were playing in Melfort and, and there was a, there was a, pen, there were two penalties actually. It was a five on three and Connor was on the ice and, um, and, uh, and Logan Boulay actually, and uh, tomorrow of course is green shirt day. And Logan was in the pen, one of the people in the penalty box and, 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 uh, his dad told me about this part of it, which I thought was pretty powerful, but I was watching online. I didn't go to Melford that night and, um, I was watching online and I saw, um, you know, we're shorthanded, we're up in the game, but you know, it's, it's really tight. And we got to kill off these penalties and Connor's on the ice. And he ended up blocking a shot. And then he blocked another shot. And then he blocked a third shot. And that one caught him in sort of the ankle. And all of a sudden, I see him drop. And I'm thinking, oh, no, you know, here we go. He was certainly, you know, one of our senior vets, um, an incredible player, had won an AJHL championship. He had all the pieces that you need in leadership and all that sort of thing. He's an incredible uh, man, like, a young man like like uh, all of them were and um anyway then he got back up though and he kind of you could see he was hobbled pretty good and he ended up um blocking i think two more shots after that if you can believe it what a beast yeah what a beast. it was incredible and and he finally they got the puck down the ice and he got off the ice and logan i guess skated over afterward and he or after he got out of the box and he and he went up and he said, and he gave Connor a big hug or, you know, from behind kind of idea. And I, of course he couldn't see any of that. And that's just what Toby was telling me. And, and, uh, and, and he said, thanks con man or something like that. And, and Connor said, Hey, you do it for me, man. Like that was just kind of the nature of, of team that existed with that organization and uh, with those kids and, and certainly with our, our leader, Darcy Hogan. So, um, so that was kind of, uh, when, when he got home after that, um, I'd waited up of course, as I pretty much always did. And, uh, <clears throat> um, 
And then I said, Hey, great game, man. Like that, that sort of thing. Um, but how's your ankle? I asked him and he said that, uh, Oh, it hurt kind of thing. But, um, when he got to the box, he really, he knew that if he sort of didn't, you know, do something, then his ankle was going to swell up and he wouldn't be able to skate. So he bent down and he tightened his skate, which was sort of the mantra then that we kind of operated under, right. That, um, as things were tough, uh, for so many people, you know, 29 families and, and, you know, in a lot of ways, the whole world, um, it was just really about just tightening our skates when we needed to, um, you know, there are lots of times when they, your ankle wanted to swell up, but you just did what you had to do. So that was kind of the, the nature of, of how we operated then as a community, um, how families operated in, in those extremely difficult times, certainly, and certainly how, um, I did as well. Um, and, and our board, uh, we just had to tighten our skates, do what we needed to do make sure we could get back on the ice and keep things moving. So um, after, after that, of course, we, we won that series against Melfort and then we ended up playing Nipawin and we were, we were down two games to one against Nipawin playing on Wednesday night. And uh, we were up in a game uh, fairly significantly and, and they battled back as they, as they always did. And it ended up going to overtime and then double overtime and then triple overtime. And uh, we ended up losing that game in triple overtime. So it was a real tough loss, of course. And, um, but we really, and it was kind of, you know, just the way it was. Nobody really felt like we were out of it. You know, we knew we were in a good place to win that game. And we felt like we could go to Nippon and beat them there. Like we had done already. And so, um, you know, that was kind of the nature of, of where we were at as an organization, certainly where, Darcy was at and where the kids were at and that sort of thing. We were, you know, in a, in a place where we felt like we could move on. And, um, as it turned out, of course, um, I was also dealing with a personal matter, um, had a nephew of mine who was in ICU in Edmonton. Um, he'd been struggling with, with, um, with mental health as I know we all do at times. And, um, so Thursday, I'd let Connor know that I, we had to leave town and, and, uh, I remember saying to him something like, uh, we're not done yet. And he basically said, we're not done yet as well. And we even texted things like that as well. But, but, um, um, then I had to take off to Edmonton on Thursday. So, um, to go be with my nephew. And that's when it was in Edmonton in the ICU with my nephew. When I got the phone call from one of our board members, Kathleen Keene who contacted me and said, uh, Kevin, it was a little bit before five o'clock, I remember. And she just said, Kevin, have you, have you heard anything about an, a bus accident with our Broncos? And I said, no. And I thought I would hear something, you know, like as a president of the organization. And she said, well, I just heard there was an accident. And I said, well, yeah, maybe I, like, I don't know. So I tried making some phone calls to people on the bus, um, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, couldn't get a hold of anybody. And I just thought, well, that's not unusual. Like Darcy would probably have them put their phones away or whatever the case might be and you no know, focus on the game. It was only, you know, a couple hours before the game. And uh, never could get a hold of anybody. So then I, I something just came over me and I just thought like, 
something's not quite right. And I, so I, I made some other phone calls, first of all, within our organization and uh, talked to our assistant general manager, um, Jason Neville. He, um, he hadn't heard anything at that point. And again, this was still probably just a little before five o'clock or just right around five. So then it was shortly after that, that I finally reached out. I, I ended up contacting the president of the Nippon Hawks. And, and that's when he told me that uh, there'd been a, a terrible accident and um, that uh, it was bad, real bad is how he sort of explained it and, or expressed it. And so at that point, um, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on or like, are, have people passed away? You didn't know anything. And then that's when all the information, of course, started flooding in and you started hearing about um, the fact that we'd lost some of our, our uncle family members. So anyway, so I, my brother and my mom and dad and, and everyone were with my nephew. And so I, I just let him know that I had to go back to Humboldt and, and, uh, um, they understood. So I, we left and went back to Humboldt. And, um, so that was kind of the, what sort of led up to, um, that, uh, my getting back then. And then of course, um, we began the next day in trying to support in the best way we could, the families around a number of different things, um, you know, getting into the hospital when we, as soon as we could to go and see, um, or, you know, the Broncos who were still alive. And, and, uh, at that time we had lots, lots who were, and, uh, or some, you know, like Dana was still alive. And of course, Logan had lived, um, after the accident. Um, and then, um, he was an organ donor and we all know that story. So, um, and how impactful that's been. And, uh, um, you know, there, there are others as well, but, Anyway, so that kind of was the the start of, you know, the, the certainly the worst day, I think, in so many people's lives, certainly in my life as well, uh, as we then had to try and put together the, the pieces that um, uh, of the organization. But at the same time, that was the last thing we, we were really thinking about. The big thing was just trying to make sure that we could help the, the families and do whatever we possibly could in support of them. Um, you know, lots of billet families were hurting. Um, of course, there were other challenges that, that, that had occurred and, and um, that families had to deal with. And, um, you know, that was uh, even, even things like, you know, things like misidentification and things like that, that are hard on, on everyone that way. Uh, certainly on those two families that were most closely impacted, obviously. So um, think about them on this day and um, very much and think about every person who has been impacted um, as a result of this tragedy. What did you, what, what, what did you think of the, of the immediate um, like national reaction of it? Cause I, I, me personally, I remember just being floored by it. And I think everybody else was too, just, just how I, how hard it struck all of us. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I it it's it's crazy how much reach it has too. I was I was telling um, last night before uh, before I went to bed, I was talking to one of my really good friends from from California, 
and she had asked me and she was like, oh, like, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, oh, I'm actually, um, I'm doing an interview for my podcast, uh, for the former president of, a of, of a hockey team here that, um, you know, was in a really tragic accident and, 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 and she knew it and, you know, she's from, she's from California and just, mm-hmm. you know, had, you know, no interest in hockey or anything like that, or let alone, you know, stuff that isn't even NHL, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, how did you, how did you react to, how did you deal with, I'm sure there was a massive wave of just media attention, just, just suddenly at your front door. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how'd you deal with that? You know, it, it's interesting because um, like anything in, in the middle of all of it, you are just, um, you're, when you're involved in something of that capacity, you don't really even realize what's happening on going on around you. You know, you, you see the, the hundred media people who are in Humboldt and, and are, you know, they're, they're doing a, you know, a, what do you, like a presser, I guess you're, you're sharing information yeah. about what's going on, but you don't realize the, the, you know, what that's like, you're just answering questions. You're responding to, to questions you're trying to give people information that you can and that you know you know that families are okay with sharing in terms of what's gone on and and that sort of thing um you know people want to know about the organization what's going to happen with the organization that was the last thing on our minds honestly i mean in the middle of all that you know whether the humble broncos would continue or not was never going to be a question just when it would happen is what we would always need to be cognizant of so i think in the middle of it you don't realize what's happening i didn't know there was even a hockey sweater day or a a, um, hockey jersey day right on i think it was on april 12th or something like that if i'm not mistaken um that canada and maybe it went beyond canada i don't know um that they had this hockey jersey day for for the broncos and all that sort of thing and so you don't really realize that's going on. You're getting phone calls from, from people, uh, the prime minister of Canada, you know, talking to you and, and um, the premier is coming out to meet with you and, and you're engaged in that sort of thing, but you don't really, you're not even thinking really about how that's impacting um, maybe the world in that way because we were so engrossed in just trying to make sure that we did everything we possibly could for families and wanted to get them together and wanted to bring them in and needed to organize flights for them and organize hotel rooms and do whatever we possibly could um you know i mean people did their own and that sort of thing as well but uh you start it was really after probably not until after all of the celebrations of life and and the funerals, et cetera, that sort of thing that I started realizing just what kind of a a reach that it truly had. Like I said, you you know, I was involved in lots of interviews and those types of things because you don't have the the leader of this organization, Darcy Hogan, there. So as the president, you have to step up and and do what you have to do, I guess. And that's what you do as a leader. Um, But... uh, again, like I said, you're just responding to, you know, what, what is asked of you and doing it in a way that you, I, I, I guess I, it's not that I, I was completely oblivious to the impact that it had across the world. Um, it, it was pretty clear that it was 
you know, more than just the national story, even. Um, uh, I, I ended up, um, there's a news clip um, that had pictures from China in, on the front page of one of their newspapers. And one of the family members of, of somebody I was close to um, shared that. And so I was like, wow, like this is in China. Wow. Right. So, wow. Um, yeah. and, and it was all over that way. I mean, you, you saw it in Europe and everywhere, but so that was, that was part of it. Um, but so I, I knew that there was a, it wasn't like, I didn't know that global piece, but you're just so much involved in trying to make sure like I'm, I'm running a school division. I also needed to, to make sure that we as an organization, and like I said, I had great people involved in that could get to wherever we needed to get to, to try and support the families through their celebrations of life and, and that sort of thing. And, and uh, so you, you did what you had to do. And um, in the, after, after everything sort of happened, I remember going to Lumsden because one of my son's best friends was Mark Cross and Mark was, Mark was the best friend to a whole bunch of people because that's just who he was. <laughs> he was just an incredible young man. Um, I, I, he was one of my students. Um, when I was a principal and uh, his mom and dad were both teachers of mine and uh, incredible people. Like these are like, you know, like you, you look at the kids in the organization and you think, wow, those are incredible young people. Yeah. That's because when you look at every one of the parents, they were incredible people. And so um, Mark was no different. And he and my son played hockey together. They grew up together um, that way. Mark every summer, and just to give you a little story about who Mark is, every summer after they had all graduated, and Mark's in York University playing uh, with the Lions, and my son's playing at McCune, McCune University, and and we they've got mutual friends, of course, who are also um, you know involved in edu- or learning and doing their things or working or whatever. Every year, Mark would organize uh, some opportunity somewhere, like to go to for everybody to get together at say the shoe swaps or to go to PA National Park, or whatever it might be. Um, Kaylin and Mark, and then all these other friends, they're about, like I said, about half dozen of them, every summer would get together for a week. And that was something Mark did. That was just who he was. He never wanted to lose those connections um, with, with people. And, um, and you know, he would come into my office and because uh, he'd, need to get a check signed or something like that Darcy would send him over and we'd sit and talk for half an hour that I'd always ask him how's it going like I wanted to know how he was doing because he was like one of my own and um he just couldn't talk enough about who Darcy was and about what you know how amazing it was to be doing what he was doing as the assistant coach of the organization and and uh, that was a pretty cool story about how <laughs> Darcy and I met at the post office and I remember Jason Neville and he were involved in the hiring of the assistant coach. And um, I remember seeing him and I just stayed out of it. Like I, I, that was Darcy's stuff, right? We were kind of really wanting to focus on being a governance board, letting people do their work that are in the organization that know this stuff inside out. People like Darcy Hogan, he won a whole bunch of championships with the NAVs there up in, in Peace River country and that sort of thing. And, and uh, so let them do their job. That's the whole idea. And and he was doing his job and doing a great job of it um, uh, with Christina right by his side, of course. But anyway, I remember seeing him in the post office and he's like, 
yeah, Kevin, he says, uh, I said, how's the, how's the assistant coach hiring going, Dars? And he's like, oh, you know, it's going really well. But he said, we, we got this one guy who applied, Kevin. He's just unbelievable. I just can't get the kid out of my head. And he says, I, Jason said, he, you, you know him. And it was Mark Cross. And, um, and he told me and I said, oh, my gosh. I wanted to tell him, just hire him, you know, that sort of thing. But I didn't say that. I just said, let me just tell you who Mark is. And I told him about, you know, just the incredible um, character that this person has. And that was what Darcy believed in, the same as all of us. That, you know, it was all about character and building character and making sure, you know, when you have roots that are this deep, um, that are character roots, that's what you're looking for in people. And, and certainly Mark possessed every ounce of that. So I just let him go and make his decision. And he made that decision to have Mark there. And, and, um, you know, in, in, you know, in some ways you kind of wish things would have been different. And yet at the same time, um, you know, it was an amazing opportunity for Mark, and I know that he he values that and valued it um, very much as being the assistant to Darcy and to being with the Humboldt Broncos organization. Mark played in Estevan, actually, and so did Darcy, which is kind of a cool little connection as well. And then, of course, Darcy played university hockey, started down in the in NCAA Div 1, and then moved on to, uh, to Briarcrest, actually, um, played there, but uh, so that was kind of a neat, you know, neat little story. But uh, the, uh, the idea about um, about uh, character and and about building character and making sure people know just how um, important that is in terms of what we, you know, the organization stood for it was, I mean, it, it was what the Humble Broncos were, are to this day. Um, you know, they're playing Flin Flon right now. They're down two games to none against Flin Flon, which is my hometown. Um, so they're playing the Bombers. But of course, uh, my affinity, as much as Flin Flon people might not like it, is to the Broncos, obviously. Um, yeah. I grew up being a Bomber fan and playing Bomber stuff all the way through or through parts of my younger time when I was heavily involved. And, uh, but, at the same time, I mean, uh, you know, I'll be green and gold for the rest of my life, obviously. And, and it started when I first moved to Humboldt and got involved with the community. And then of course, with the, with the team, um, and it'll, and then meeting the people that, uh, I had the incredible opportunity to meet as being the president, um, of that organization and the people who were part of it. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, there's uh i was i was saying going back to what I, where i was going with that is that i after all the the uh celebrations of life were over and i ended up going back to um or going to lumsden um for this um fundraiser that they were doing for a scholarship for mark that's when it kind of hit me you know you're standing in front of a couple thousand people or whatever and you're you're talking um about you know, who he was and that sort of thing. You recognize at that time that um, like this had such a overwhelming impact. You started realizing that, that this was something that was just extremely, um, extremely impactful, I guess. And it wasn't really until then, even though I, you know, we, you go to 
Roger's place and you were with the, the families of, of uh, three of our, our uh, four of our players, pardon me, who, who uh, were involved um, in a celebration of life there. Um, so, and the, you know, you're, you know, the people are, are there to, you know, pay their respects and be part of the, the process that took place that way and listening to family members and others speak and you're, and you're saying a few words on behalf of the organization and, and that sort of thing. But in all of that, um, you know, I, you still, you know, it's impactful, but you just don't really understand it until after everything was over. And then you realize that you were, you were just kind of, um, it just took, you know, it takes, it, it takes its toll and like losing people like you do. Um, like we you did. must have been on fumes, like mentally, like just yeah. after, after, it, you know, the whole process was over and it, well, it was, I, I can't imagine how overwhelming it would have been. Well, it was, uh, I, I guess what I'm, where I'm going with it is it probably like happened, um, happens to people who are dealing with, their own grief and maybe not dealing with it, having the opportunity to deal with it right away, you just kind of crash. And I remember going home and it was, uh, there was a concert that happened. Um, uh, Country Thunder put on a concert um, just as a fundraiser for the families. And it was a wonderful gesture. And I remember some of the challenges that happened and, and some people kind of got in the road of it, but um, in the end it happened and it was wonderful. And, and, uh, uh, that sort of thing. But I remember um, that that concert was going to happen on a Friday night. Uh, I don't remember the date exactly, but it was, um, you know, the about the 22nd of April or right in there somewhere. And that Wednesday, um, Robin and Lauren Lucan were flying in and then we were going to go in and, uh, and uh, have, have an opportunity to spend a, an extra night with them on Wednesday, just hang out together, go for supper, be with them. And then Thursday night, there was a, uh, the bunch of NHL players were in and we were having all the family together. And, and we had, uh, we had some of the artifacts and or thing artifacts. I mean, the clothes and stuff like that, that um, our, one of our Bronco board members, Kathleen Keene, who's a, as a, a nurse, she was the one who actually organized all that. Like she was an amazing lady. Oh my gosh. We were pretty fortunate to have her. I, I can't tell you enough what she did, but anyway, so it, it was, it was that Wednesday night that I, where I'm supposed to be in Saskatoon because the Lucans are flying in around four 30. And I was going to um, make sure that we had a couple of vehicles in there, make sure they had a vehicle they could take and go wherever they needed to go and all that sort of thing. And, and um, I got a phone call at five, just about five o'clock. And it was, where are you? And um, I said, I'll, I'll be in there right away. And uh, well, Lucans are here. Like we're going to go out for supper tonight and all that. And I said, I know I'll be in there as soon as I can. I was laying in bed. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was supposed to be at a funeral that day of a young man um, from Bruno who had taken his life. And, and it was a very horrible 
tragic situation, um, young person. I had even known a little bit, um, but I remember that uh, um, that was at 11 o'clock in the morning and uh, I couldn't go. I, I couldn't get out of bed. And I got this phone call at five o'clock and I was still in bed. And I don't remember what happened through the day. I just remember feeling horrible that I couldn't get up and go to this funeral. And yet I couldn't. And so I just, you know, I, everybody deals with, with, you know, things that happen. You're in the middle of, you know, the trying to lead through that traumatic experience for everyone and, and do what you can to support. And, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't realize, I think sometimes the toll that you, that it plays on you in terms of you not making sure that you look after yourself. And, uh, you know, I always harp about the fact that, you know, remember that if you, you know, like we hear on when we're riding in an airplane, um, if there's a loss in that cabin pressure, you put on your, your own mask first before you help others. And, and uh, as leaders and involved in different things, sometimes um, we don't listen to our own advice and uh, you know, we're, we overfunction in a lot of ways is how people would put it. And, um, and, and that day when I was supposed to be at that funeral and I couldn't go and then I just was in bed and I, and then it's five o'clock and I don't know what happened, but the day passed and, um, and the strangest thing happened that, that day that got me out of bed, all of a sudden I heard this beep <laughs> and, um, and I listened and I kind of sat up and then I heard it again about a minute later. And I got out of bed and I, I didn't know like what, what's going on. Like this is about, I don't know what time, about 5.30 uh, or so. And um, I, I get out, I, I go into my kitchen area and um, Connor and uh, Ryan, Ryan had had a room downstairs and then Connor's room was downstairs. And I hadn't been downstairs since um, the Thursday after the uh, after the overtime game, this is almost like three weeks later. Um, I hadn't been downstairs in my own house. I don't know why, but I just couldn't bring myself to go downstairs. Even when Lukens came and they um, they wanted to go down, of course, and they were at our place and they wanted to you know go into Connor's room and all that sort of thing and and. Uh, clean out some of his Tim Hortons cups. Cause that's what Connor loved. <laughs> he was a big Tim Hortons guy. And anyway, so they, they went down. I, I didn't go and I don't, I didn't really realize it till afterward that I was avoiding that for whatever reason. And so um, when I got, when I heard this beep and I got to the top of the stairs and I listened sure enough, it was coming from downstairs. And um, so I went downstairs and, and it was kind of like, uh, I remember feeling quite anxious about that for whatever reason. And I don't know why. And, uh, but anyway, I, I got down there and I kind of went into this bonus room that I have and I listened and sure enough, it's coming from the hallway right out in front of Connor's room. And, uh, it was a smoke detector, smoke alarm. And, um, the funny thing about it is it's, it's an electronic one. It's, it's elect, like it's, it's plugged in. They go like every 10 years or whatever, but at, on that Wednesday at 5.30 in the evening, when I'm supposed to be in Saskatoon and cannot get out of bed, and I'm not sure when I would have, 
that smoke detector um, got me out of bed, got me downstairs for the first time in three weeks, got me into Connor's room because then I went into Connor's room and I just kind of laid on his bed for a bit and, and uh, you know, did what I needed to do wow. in terms of talking with him. And then I went upstairs, I got dressed and I was in Saskatoon by just after seven o'clock. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we can think about that, I guess, in whatever way we, we want to, but that was, that's what happened to me. Um, and, um, that's how I ended up getting in there and going and spending the, the night with, uh, with, uh, Lauren and Robin and, and, uh, Catherine was there and, uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time and, or my girlfriend at the time. And, and so that's how it, uh, that's how it all kind of transpired. And, um, and then, um, you know, the, the, after that, of course, we had our, um, evening with the, with a bunch of the NHL players who would come back and, or come in and, and, uh, um, wanted to spend time with the families and that was awesome. So Kelly Chase, um, you know, he's a, played with the Broncos for a bit and he's a Saskatchewan boy from, from, uh, not far away from where we are. Um, and, uh, I think Porcupine Plain or somewhere in there. I, I just can't remember, but uh, Kelly's done a lot for, for us over the time. And anyway, so Kelly, we, he brought together all these people, um, you know, uh, both former NHLers and uh, that sort of thing. And then of course, uh, current NHLers and that sort of thing. And so, you know, you'd like who, uh, who, who was there, which players, uh, like the likes of Lanny <clears throat> McDonald and, uh, you know, some of the old veterans oh, cool. that way. And then, uh, Joe Sackick and, and, um, oh, um, Gallagher and, uh, um, uh, uh, oh boy, the names, <laughs> you know, I know all these names so and yet many. they, they all kind of just, um, uh, I'm thinking about people like, um, uh, big defenseman who, who played his junior with, uh, um, just retired actually. And that's his name. He's just, I'm seeing his face and, and, uh, um, played junior in, uh, Kelowna. Um, and hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. It, yeah, we should know this for a hockey. Podcast. We should, yeah. we should, this is a hockey podcast. Yeah, we should to, know this. I'm kind of testing you guys yeah. a little bit as much as I'm testing my memory. <laughs> I, I, mine's a little yeah. older, but um, oh boy, was it was the outreach from the NHL like? Was it like what was it like from them? The the NHL like how how much did they uh, they reach out to you? Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't even fathom what happened with the NHL that way. Um, I mean, right from every pretty much every organization um, to, like I said, to um, people like Gary Bettman um, and, and uh, just wanting to, wanting to help, right? Like that's what they wanted to do. They knew that this is a hockey team. These are young people who aspired when, as they did to want to play in the NHL. I mean, um, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, Matthew Gamersic right now is playing pro in, East Coast League right now, like th that sort of thing. Like that's what they aspired to, right? Or to play university or college hockey or whatever the case might be. And and uh, so the the outreach from the NHL was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, uh, uh, right from um, 
you know, Dan Marr, who was, you know, now, um, I know he was a, the, uh, he was a director of scouting for the NHL and, uh, uh, Coley Campbell, he, you know, Colin came in, uh, a few times into Humboldt and flew in to, to meet with us and to, to, you know, to be at a Broncos game, even like Coley was at a Broncos game and, and Mark Chipman, who uh, has become really a good friend, um, owner of the Winnipeg Jets. Shea Weber was the hockey player I was thinking about, but there were so many. Okay. I oh, thought so, yeah. Shea, Shea would be okay. upset or people would be upset knowing that I probably missed, you know, so many people who were also there. I mean, uh, that were, you know, had, had, uh, um, like it was a full packed house that night. I just remember that, but yeah, the outreach was incredible, but, uh, um, Jonathan Tabes is what I, who I'm thinking about. He flew in with, mm-hmm. uh, with, um, with a guy from Chicago. Uh, like he was involved in communications. I think I can't remember director of communications or something. And then Mark and his daughter flew in and then light family allowed them to, to be part of Jacob's funeral. Uh, Jonathan was, Jacob's favorite player. So it was just amazing that oh, they yeah. flew in and then, um, awesome. and, and then got to, you know, spend that time with them and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, but like, again, it just extended so much beyond that. I mean, like I said, um, you know, they, they just, they, I, I when I went and I got, had the, um, opportunity on behalf of the organization to kind of talk to the well, not kind of, but to be involved in the closed meeting of the general managers and uh, Mr. Batman and and uh, Colin Campbell and, and Dan and everybody were there. Um, they asked me to just kind of do a bit of a presentation or talk to them about, you know, what happened, um, where the community's at, where the organization's at, where people are at. Basically, they want to know about the people and uh, how they could help. And so... Um, you know, I, I remember afterward, uh, Mr. Bettman saying, do you know how long you talked for? And I, I said, I hope it was a half an hour because that's what he gave me. And he said, it was 45 minutes, he said. And he, and, and he was kind of commenting about how, how the, you know, the general managers were appreciative of the opportunity to be part of that and to have that uh, opportunity to talk and, and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, you know, and to be able to ask how they can help, which again, just speaks into the hearts of what hockey's all about, what, what so many, uh, what people are all about. Right. But in particular, the NHL, they were incredible. Um, you know, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, my gosh, you can't, you can't say enough about that organization. Um, and what they did as well. I mean, they just, they brought people together. Um, the, um, you know, we, we, we know that uh, like people, um, they, they brought the families together during the Memorial Cup and, uh, you know, for some of that um, sort of thing, you know, in the lead up to that, anybody who could make it, they flew them in, they got them hotel rooms and they had them be able to be part of the opening ceremonies or like the, the, this big event where they had the, the uh, Eagles playing. Um, and it was, a, they basically donated um, a significant amount of money to the organization and, and, and that sort of thing to the foundation and that, that idea. So um, it was, it was, like I said, the outreach was unbelievable. And uh, it, uh, it was, um, I remember even 
though, you know, like people wanting just to give. Uh, we had so many donations of different things, but I'll never forget this. This uh, <laughs> It must have been a grandfather. I'm a grandfather, so um, I think the gentleman, if he ever heard anything of this, but he, he'd understand. He There's a gentleman who showed up and he had this little bag. It was so... <laughs> so incredible it was like a bunch of coins and he said um mr erringer my my granddaughter wanted me to give you this he said as a donation to the team and it was just a bag of coins you know like oh, that sort so of thing that's very oh, that, that that was that was kind of you know that there was songs there were there were uh you know people like jay smith and um you know that sort of idea um that uh you know did songs for the you know about the the broncos and the sticks out you know for for the broncos and all that sort of thing um there were paintings there were you know pictures i've got um so many uh things that uh are in our you know our humble broncos rank or um you know or i got, I got gifted things even myself that i have in my office and so many others did as well and and i didn't didn't want any of that, but they, you know, that's just what people did. They just wanted to give. Right. And so they gave in lots of different ways. And like I said, the, that little girl, just, I'll never forget that. You know, I, it was uh, just the way it was. They just wanted to, to, um, you know, try and help in whatever way they could. And whether it was at the NHL and flying families in to meet their, their, uh, you know, meet people or have them go to hockey games with their, um, children like uh, Christina and when you know she was able to go down to Vegas and spend time there and and when I was at the draft um, one of her sons was actually um, doing the running for the flames I believe it was and on the floor with the with the organization that way so um, you know just they wanted to people knew the impact of it and uh, they wanted to help in whatever Absolutely. way absolutely Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, uh, sorry, Bryce. I was just going to say, I think people really, after what transpired, I think people really felt how close knit the group was that um, was involved and everyone that was involved with the Humble Broncos organization there. And I remember being an 18 year old kid playing hockey as well. And I'm pretty similar age to some of the guys that were on the team mm -hmm. of how important this was to show some support and how the hockey community can, can come together for mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And I can, we could imagine how tough it was for you guys. I remember my whole neighborhood putting the hockey stick out on the front porch. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was amazing to see how much support the whole, like even just my neighborhood can see. And I, I remember hearing about the story and seeing um, some of the players come out on the, the stage for the NHL um, draft and like um, how my heart felt at that moment when they were out there and seeing them get support from the NHL, mm -hmm. which was just a heartwarming thing to see. And I think it was just an important thing for um, to the hockey, hockey community to come together because of how amazing that group was mm -hmm. and how amazing how the humble community is really. And, you know, um, it wasn't like, I, I, you know, we talk a lot about hockey and then, and then the riders and, and they had their humble strong game at the beginning of the year. Uh, so that CFL was very involved. The, the, um, there's lots through the NBA, through major league baseball. I mean, it was, that's when you started realizing just the impact when, you know, you're getting calls to have somebody go to the, you know, the opening 
or to a, a game to throw or be part of the, the pre game ceremony sort of thing um, at a blue Jays game, you know, that, that sort of idea, it was, it, it was everywhere. And I mean, people had Humboldt strong on their baseball cleats and things like that. These are major league baseball players, right? Like um, yeah, you, they, it was uh, it was all over and um, NFL football, uh, um, you know, like they, they have had some of our family go down to a, um, you know, Denver Broncos game or whatever it is, right. They, that's just what they did. The Phillies with Ryan and, and others and stuff like that in baseball. Um, it was, you know, it's been incredible that way. And, and, uh, um, and, you know, you, you give it all back for in a second for one more second with, you know, with these people, but at the same time, um, when, when you can't, it's wonderful to know that you have these people who reach out in that way. And it was like going back to your point about, uh, you know, you rode the buses, you did those things uh, you know, I have 2,500 kids a day who ride the bus and I'll never forget a little girl, um, in our system who was challenged because she was afraid to ride the bus. And it was one of the things that my board said, because of course I'm dealing with all of this and I'm having to, to be away and, and that sort of thing at times um, and still trying to run the school division. And they said, you know, they gave me like, my board was incredible because they, they kept saying like the comment that was made by one of my trustees, I'll never forget. She said that um, because you are involved, it's helping these people. And I remember going and talking to a little, one of our students that way and saying, it's okay. You know, the buses are safe, you know, that sort of idea and being able to, be part of that um, and trying to help in that way too. So, um, you know, it just happened that I was wearing both hats. And so when, when the impact was felt in the community of Humboldt, it wasn't just felt there. It was felt in Strasburg where Mark was from. It was felt in, in uh, Lake Lenore where, where uh, Dana was from. It was um, felt all over our entire school division and being able to be involved then from a leadership capacity as a director was very important then as well. Cause then, you know, it, it helped in terms of being able to help um, support what we needed to do the day after the, the, the Monday we, sh- we canceled school that day. Right. Um, and then we made sure we had counselors. I was engaged with the, with um, the deputy minister of education, Rob Curry, um, he was so important in this whole process because he helped to um, get together uh, a whole bunch of counselors. We had 55 counselors in our school division by that Monday, you know, like yeah. to be able to support not only our kids in Humble, but all over our entire school division and including Greater Saskatoon Catholic that has two schools in, in Humble. So, um, you know, it was important that way and, and uh, to have the outreach and the support from everywhere. Um, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> even, you know, the, the, in Moose Jaw with the, um, snow, uh, or with the, uh, um, right. The Canadian forces, um, was involved yeah. even like it, it was from all oh, over. The, oh, the, the, the snowbirds. Snowbirds. The, that's the snowbirds? Right. Yeah. That's oh, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I just got yeah. confused okay, gotcha. for a second there, but like they did, um, flyovers and they they in, involved the community the you know the families and that sort of thing and um you know so yeah it was it was quite the 
um, support. I, and again, you know, because kids are, are riding buses and you've all ridden them and involved in hockey that way or in, in band or whatever it might be, it impacted people that way too. Cause you think it's the safest place mm-hmm. to be is on a bus. And then of course, all of a sudden it isn't and, um, or mm-hmm. doesn't feel that way. And so I, I remember going to, I was doing a class down in Virginia for my doctorate. And, um, I remember, uh, I was going from, uh, from, uh, this one community back to Richmond, Virginia, and, I kind of went this way that this GPS took me and it kind of took me through this almost like a sleepy hollow kind of an area. And, um, I was driving along and I had this black sort of SUV. It wasn't really an SUV, but kind of, and anyway, I'm driving along and I get onto the, finally out of this area. It was quite, you know, quite, uh, quite, it was dark and that sort of thing. And the trees even kind of overhung and it was, you know, 50 kilometers or 30 miles an hour through that area or whatever. It was quite, quite beautiful, but yet um, just kind of weird how my GPS took me on this shortcut, which really wasn't. But anyway, I get, I get back on the interstate or on the highway and then I step it down to 70 miles an hour thinking that's what the speed limit is. I I didn't know that it was 60. Um, And then I get pulled over and it wasn't really because I was speeding, but more because there, I guess the black SUV, there was somebody who had been a, um, drinking and driving or something like that. And so they were just checking people. And so this gentleman comes up and he's from Powhite County, Virginia. Okay. He's a sheriff or deputy or whatever he was. He comes up to me and he says, uh, you see your license and all that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. And he says, uh, I said, what's, what's wrong officer. I said, and he said, well, he said, there's a black SUV drunk driver, blah, blah, blah. Obviously it's not this, this vehicle, but he said, I'll still, I'll just run your license and that sort of thing. And he went back to his vehicle and, um, and then he comes back literally about three minutes later and says, Mr. Geringer, he says, here's your license back. He said, how y'all doing up there in Humboldt, Saskatchewan? No and, way. And then, wow. and then he starts telling me, we spend 15 minutes at the side of the highway with him talking to me about the impact that it had on his community, that that what? his kids don't have like wow. there's nothing to really much to do with hockey in that state yet yeah the impact of having kids on a bus and um people um you know that doing what they love and then all of a sudden um you know it you know it, so his kids were in band or they rode the bus to school or whatever and that's mm-hmm. how the community reacted to it as well it wasn't just about hockey and doing something you love that way it might be doing something you love, like going to school or going to band practice or band concerts or doing whatever it might look like. That's kind of the nature of how it hit people. And you didn't realize it, um, you know, cause again, I mean, you had, a, I had a strong sense by then, uh, you know, that was in, in the middle of July um, or early to mid July kind of thing. And so, but uh, yeah, it was incredible. And so he's telling me about this, about uh, how it impacted their community. And this is in Powhite County. I've never heard of it in my life um, prior to that. And I'll never forget it um, in terms of just talking about the impact that it had on, on their community, their, their children, their families. Um, and like I said, that's down in, in Virginia. Uh, so hockey, like you said, isn't big there yet. You know, it's kind of like the California story you told about the, 
um, a friend uh, uh, in California who uh, you were talking about, Bryce, who was impacted in the same way and yet really Mm. wasn't engaged in hockey. As Canadians, I feel like we're always like, we, we always just think, especially when it comes to hockey, we always think that like, you know, the United States is just like oblivious to it. Like, yeah. and, and, and it's just, it's really surprising when, you know, somebody from Virginia, like, like at least California has hockey teams. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there are people in California, like there's no hockey team in Virginia. Like no. I, I've never even heard of a, a I, I can't imagine people playing hockey in Virginia and to have a police officer, mm-hmm. you know. Mention that. Yeah, it's an that. incredible story, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, that's really cool. That's that, that, really cool. When you told me that, it gave me chills down yeah, my yeah, body. Just like real, how real. that could actually like happen. Like uh, someone, I'm, I'm sure you weren't expecting that to happen as well. Like no. to have that conversation and no. how you said he like three minutes later he came back. Usually they take a lot longer in the car, and it sounded like he was really impacted by what happened as well, and he wanted to have that conversation with you. And I think that's just truly amazing. Yeah, sitting in a baseball game in Pittsburgh. And people looking at you, and then finally this family coming up and saying, um, "Mr. Gar- are you Mr. Garinger? Yeah. Well, we just we thought that's who you were, and just talking about again wow. the impact, right? And that sort of idea. So it, it was all over, and um, and uh, uh, I, I guess one of the things that I I, I think about that way is just that uh, um, I think it's why. You know, you, you know, you talked early on about, you know, the importance of continuing to share um, and talk about it. And I think it's because, you know, it, it probably in some ways, it probably helps people um, to certainly, you know, even having a conversation with you today um, is it, it, as hard as it is to there's lots of great memories, you know, because it takes me back like I was talking about my horror movie stories with with some of my staff yesterday with Connor and, and Ryan both loved Ryan. He loved horror too. And we'd sit and watch them. And I remember watching it for the first time with them. And, oh, uh, no. and, and it was like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a screamer. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not very good with them, but I love them. I don't know why I, I don't know why I watch them, but yeah. I do. And anyway, yeah. And, uh, that's just how it is. And, and, uh, they would laugh, but they, they uh, you know, I, I, I bought, something like 20 movies that they could watch, you know, cause they loved watching horror movies. So I bought a bunch of them for on Apple TV so that they could watch them whenever. And that kind of thing, both of them had that kind of similar passion that I had. And, and uh, like I said, I'm not very good. They were very good at watching them and <laughs> that kind of thing. I wasn't, <laughs> but that's how it was. So um, no, those are the, those are the memories that come back. And so as much as you deal with the, the loss and the grief and everything else, you, um, you also recognize that, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have traded knowing these people um, for anything in the world. And um, as hard as it is to have to not, you know, live your life without them, you also recognize that you were pretty lucky to have them. So that's how I, how I sort of viewed things, um, you know, moving forward is just, I think it's the only way to look at life, right? You live with the the holes in your heart that never heal. And and that's just how it is. And uh, um, lots of people deal with loss. Uh, we had a, a you know, a, a terrible tragedy in one in our on April fourth, just two days ago, um, that, that we attended to. It happened actually on Saturday. But um, one of our children in grade three got sick, and uh, like literally, I can't imagine what that family went through. Like 
at one point in the day, everything's great. They're having, you know, normal day and, and, uh, literally, um, <laughs> an hour later, the child's sick and they're calling the ambulance and on the way to the hospital, the child passes away. And, uh, um, and then they're dealing with their other child who also ended up getting sick and had to be rushed to Yorkton. So they're being shipped wow. in different directions. And, and this is happening while they're following the ambulance. I mean, it's just a terrible type of thing that, that families deal with. And, and, uh, and then she was fortunate that uh, they were able to get her to Yorkton and then get her airlifted to uh, the Children's Hospital, the Jim Pattison Children's Hospital in Saskatoon. We're so fortunate to have those types of things available to us and, and to have STARS and air ambulance and that sort of thing involved um they were so involved in our you know in the broncos accident i think the, the air ambulance ran five trips and and of course stars was very involved in the in the tragedy and that sort of thing as well and then all of our you know you can't say enough about the about our services you know like our emergency services personnel you know police and fire and all them i have the highest regard for those type of people in our in our ambulance people yes. and that sort of thing they just you can't like I can't imagine, you know what what our world would be like without people like that, and uh, helping to try and support us all the way through. But yeah, it was. Uh, um, yeah, uh, we 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 debated, I guess, asking you this, and it, it's not something that you that you have to get into at all. Um, but but were you at all involved with with the the trial, and and uh, you know have you i forget his first i forget his name the the, the driver of yeah. the um were you involved with the trial and like do you have how much forgiveness do you have in your heart like can you yeah. have forgiveness in your heart because he, he was deemed to be like 100 percent at fault like there was just no question about it yeah um what, what what's 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 that like for you what, what what's seeing because his name has been in the news recently yeah, Josh because he, he he um yeah you know, that's a hard thing to talk about um, because yeah. uh, whatever, you know, there, there are, uh, you know, differing views on, on that. And uh, I, I kind of leave people to their own thoughts on, on that. Um, really I do uh, because at the end of the day, um, you know, he has um, endured a lot as well. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, because of, and you know his his uh, lack of attention and that sort of thing um he it, it resulted in the death of 16 people and and you know the the impact that's been felt by 29 families and and 18 billet families and and uh you know a community a province a nation a world um all because of one situation where you just aren't paying attention and and uh um i you know i i've seen similar types of things i've been involved myself and like i i think if somebody says that you haven't kind of lost your attention or focus for a minute while you're driving um i think you you know that would be wrong to think but i think the biggest issue is that um it goes back to training it goes back to a lot of things that um, weren't really, as I understand, um, I mean, there's lots of questions and challenges around all of that, of course. And, uh, um, you know, there, I, I, 
I guess Have you ever I, met I, him? I, I was at the court case and uh, I, I was there to help support in particular. Um, you know, there was a statement that uh, um, Catherine had uh, put together about loss and uh, what happened. And I was, I, I didn't put a statement out. I didn't share anything myself. I just felt that personally, I, w- I didn't want to get into that. Um, so, I mean, um, I haven't met him personally, but I was there um, and uh, certainly there with, the, with families and that sort of thing. And um, had to, um, I mean, watch as he, of course, was, um, I, you know, there are lots who um, have forgiven, and I think that forgiveness would be in part of what I would, where I would be um, in it. But uh, again, I want to really get into that because there are lots of people who I understand would still yeah, not absolutely. not feel like they could forgive yeah. for that, and I would understand their their perspective on that for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a tough um, some uh, question to answer, and we appreciate you actually putting an input into that because it's just not easy. Mm-hmm. Understand that. Um, well, we like to go into like one more question, if that's okay with you. Yeah, by um, all means. What is life? Yeah, what is what is life now like? Um, stepping down after stepping down from being the president, and now what you're doing now with the education, and how has this like? How is life? moving forward for you and is, is, is there any um, things that you maybe consider going back into the, the operations of hockey or a high level operation yeah. or you plan on staying at education? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question. I think that, uh, you know, again, it was, uh, it was more about uh, combining community hockey, um, you know, passion for young people that brought me to, to get on the board with the Broncos in the first place. And so um, whether I'll want to come back to that at some point, uh, I haven't really made that call yet, um, Bryce and, and uh, Jacob, but I think that uh, what I do know is that there's always need for people to volunteer. And even with organizations like the Humboldt Broncos, a very successful organization um, in our province, the fact is, is that there's still a need for people to make sure they're, they're engaged in, in supporting that program. If the volunteers aren't there, the program doesn't happen. So uh, we'll see how that looks in, in the future. Right now I'm completing my doctorate and uh, I've got uh, four classes and then my dissertation, I'm doing two right now. And then I'll have one, uh, one in each of the summer sessions and I'll have that done uh, essentially the end of August and then just finish my dissertation. And then I'll be, I'll be done that part of my life. And then whether something else comes up uh, related to this, um, related to hockey and whether there's a, an opportunity that way that intri- intrigues me or that I think about um, perhaps, but right now uh, my passion would only be to go back to the Bronco organization if that ever happened down the road. And I, and that's something I haven't thought about at this time. Um, when I left the Broncos, uh, the presidency, it was after um, you know, going from April till August, uh, with all of the attention and, um, the media and everything else, it was just, it was overwhelming and and certainly something that I never went into, into, um, working with the Broncos. That was never something that I dreamed of, of doing or like having to do. Uh, that was something I always told Darcy that 
no, you know, what's your, it's your team. You need to be the one that's on the radio. You need to be the one that deals with any media requests that way. And, and he did, he always did a great job, um, both him and, and his, his staff. I mean, Chris Beaudry, I haven't even mentioned him. He was such an important part of the organization still is, um, uh, you know, an important part of, of, uh, people's lives. Chris has done a lot of important work that way around mental health and, and wellness and that sort of thing. So when I when I left the organization when I left the presidency of the organization, that's quite an interesting story that happened. Um, I mean, I still think about it all the time. Um, there was a situation that happened where um, we had a meeting. the The meeting went from until uh, about eleven thirty at night or quarter to twelve, I think. So by the by the time I got out of our office and, and got home that night, I hadn't had supper, um, and what was interesting is that um, back in, in about June, uh, we had an over-the-counter microwave and it went on the fritz and it wasn't heating up food. It was still powered, but it wouldn't heat anything up. So it was done. So um, Robin Lucan shared a story with us when we went down to, we spent some time with the Lucans down in, in Vegas um, just to get away uh, in early August. And she shared a story about how she had been going and seeing a, um, sort of a somebody that uh, she could talk to and they and they were they were kind of like a uh, like they could sort of see or you know kind of related things to you know that knew that Connor was around and all that sort of thing and so they shared that uh, Connor basically had indicated that to his mom that when when there's something that isn't working it it heats up is kind of the idea. And when it comes back on, you'll know I'm there. And, you know, we just mentioned, Catherine had mentioned that, well, the microwave isn't working in our place, but it's not our story, it's yours. And so that was just kind of how it was left. Well, that Wednesday, um, Thursday, uh, Robin was coming down. She was going to be in Humboldt and staying with us. And then, and then the, the Stanley cup was in town. They kind of had a hockey day in Humboldt that week weekend. And, and uh, um, so, and I believe the Broncos camp was even starting up and that kind of thing again. And so she had come down and uh, on that Thursday and was coming that Thursday. And our meeting lasted until, like I said, about quarter to 12, I got home. It was after midnight, hadn't eaten, eaten anything. And I just said, um, to Catherine, I said that, uh, um, I, I, I said, I didn't actually, I didn't say anything. Sorry. I, I got home and I, I went into the fridge just thinking that there might be something there. And sure enough, she had this plate of food that had been put in the fridge. And of course it was cold, but I, I didn't really think about that. I just right away took it and threw it in the microwave <laughs> and, um, and I hit start on the microwave and I kind of went, what am I doing? And and so it went for about a minute and then I realized, what am I doing? And I opened up the microwave and the plate kind of felt almost warm and like not hot, but just kind of like warm. So I, I said, to, I yelled out to her. I said, uh, Catherine, when did you put this food in the fridge? And she said, Oh, about eight o'clock, seven thirty or eight o'clock. I can't remember. And I said, well, the fridge is broke. So I go and I open the fridge and the fridge is actually everything's cold in the fridge. So I take and I I put this food back into the microwave. I put it on for like three minutes. I hit start. It comes out. It's sizzling hot. 
Oh, wow. My microwave is working again. <laughs> uh, hadn't been working since June and I was going to have to replace it. So, um, and, and it just kind of made me realize that, uh, you know, in, in that time, I really feel like I made the right decision to, to step away from the, the, the presidency of that organization. There were lots of things that were coming up. We'd had to go through a process of hiring a coach, um, you know, having the coach in place and, and getting assistance and all that sort of thing um, was going to be, you know, obviously the next steps and that, and that type of thing. Um, so we, you know, we did our, our part on that and, uh, and then got the organization back up and running for, for August. And, and Jason Neville was a huge part of that. I mean, the draft with the, with the SJHL was, it was what it was. Um, and, uh, but he did a lot of recruiting and a lot of work um, behind the scenes to be able to get a team that ended up quite competitive. And of course we had um, two of our athletes come back to us at that time, um, Braden Camrood and, and uh, um, uh, the young patter boy, both came back. Um, and, uh, and so we were fortunate there. And then of course, later on, Tyler Smith came back and then he had to leave of course. And, and, probably lots of people know his story around um, dealing with uh, mental health. And he talks about that a fair bit, which is important. And it's important to recognize that it does exist and we need to look after our mental health and do what we have to do. But um, so that, you know, there's all, all that lead into all of that. There's going to be all the media afterward. I, I remember when we had our, um, uh, our, um, you know, anytime you had a, uh, an annual general meeting, you you might have 10 or 12 people show up. And that was just the nature of it because people knew if you showed up, you're probably going to get on the board because we needed people on the board. <laughs> um, that year in the beginning of August, when we had our agenda or our AGM, uh, I think there were more people they said at that AGM than there are at the riders AGM. So um, it was a full house and, um, and, you know, you're dealing with a lot of things like you're dealing with significant money uh, pieces. Um, I mean, $15.172 million were raised for, through GoFundMe alone. That didn't include the monies that were raised for, for the Broncos organization, um, through other uh, funds, um, through a, a Humboldt Strong, Humboldt Strong Community um, Foundation and some other foundations that have been set up. Um, we are talking about millions and millions of dollars. And so we were very fortunate, you know, and I, I never even mentioned this, but we had people like um, uh, MLT Akins. Um, when we were dealing with GoFundMe, we, we actually had a conversation at a meeting with uh, a gentleman by the name of, um, of uh, Ken Feinberg. And Ken Feinberg is the, is the uh, lawyer from the United States who dealt with Boston's um, tragedy and, and uh, the tragedy in Vegas. And uh, he dealt with nine one one and the distribution of funds um, that way. So we had a meeting with him to talk about what we should do. And he, he talked a lot about, you gotta, you gotta get rid of the funds as quickly as you can get them where they, where they're intended. Um, he talked about having community meetings and things like that. We did, we did it a little bit different, but but uh, we the one thing that Saskatchewan had that no other province had was legislation around this type of thing. 
which was just by fluke. Like it, if it would have happened in Alberta, it would have looked different. Um, Saskatchewan had legislation, so it helped us in terms of being able to deal with it. But through MLT Aikens, through every volunteer, through the people that we had that were part of the board for that. So we actually developed a, a sub like kind of a board that dealt with that and then made a recommendation to, to the actual um, Humboldt Strong um, uh, Community um, Foundation group. Um, of which I was the president or vice president of that, um, they had made a recommendation about how to distribute those funds. And so we did, the, you know, we did all that. We, we had to get insurance so nobody would insure us, you know, against any sort of liability. We actually had to go to England to actually get an underwriter to even um, provide insurance for us on that, on the distribution of that funds, of those funds. Uh, just the nature of what happens, like it's kind of a don't touch that kind of a thing from an insurance standpoint. So we had to go out of country, wow. out of continent to even get fund, you know, funding uh, or uh, insurance so that we could be, um, there There wouldn't be any um, anything that would be, that we could be challenged on because, you know, we were volunteers doing this that all of a sudden, you know, we're dealing with, you know, over $15 million, the largest GoFundMe in the history of Canada. Um, the third largest in the history of GoFundMe um, at the time. So, um, you know, you, you want to do the right thing. You want to make sure that you, so we had this subcommittee of highly, um, you know, people that are highly regarded in our country and uh, they came together and they, they talked to the families, they did whatever they needed to do. And they made, you know, they made recommendations that we then move forward through the courts and dealt with dealt with it and we got rid of it very quickly. But one of the things we did was we got, everything was free. Like MLT Aikens, that whole legal piece around that would have cost probably, I don't know, $200,000 maybe cost nothing. Um, the fact that there was a trust that was, that these funds were taken out of GoFundMe, put into a trust and then held there. And then, you know, uh, there's interest gained on that money. And I think it was like a hundred and some thousand dollars in interest that by the time it got distributed. So it actually gained a bunch of money prior to even being distributed, which was, which was great. Um, uh, and, and then of course uh, we also had MNP, um, which is a, a, a firm, obviously a, a, an accounting firm that did a whole bunch of free work for us as an organization um, in dealing with all the money that did come in. So they made sure that every cent was accounted for, Everything was handled. We knew that we couldn't do it on our own. Um, we all had jobs. We all have lives outside of this. And this was turned, you know, it turned into a, a major responsibility. And, and we wanted to make sure we had the right people to do that work. And we just had so many people volunteer. That's what I mean. Like, you know, you have people who step up and do these types of things. We talk about the NHL and all these other organizations. I, I can't say enough about the community people who stepped up and did work. Um, people who came into the office and helped sort mail. Um, you know, and organize things because you got to remember, like it, we were bombarded and I say that in the kindest way. Um, I just mean there was a ton of mail that came in and yeah. people wanting to come in and meet with you and, and, uh, phone calls. I mean, I remember getting a phone call, um, from the former, uh, head coach of Marshall university, um, when the, when that tragedy happened, that plane crash. So, you know, involving the football team, if you've heard of We Are Marshall, that's, he, he phoned me and he talked to me about 
about uh, what they experienced and some of the things that he thought were important that I should know of from his experience, which I was very grateful for. It's endless, the uh, the the number of uh, people who wanted to reach out and support, but so many local people too, so many people right in Humboldt who just came in and made sure the, 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 um, we, we were right in the middle of doing our, our, um, our, our raffle, right? Like our hundred thousand dollar raffle that we did every year. We were right in the middle of that. All of a sudden the accident happened and we had to keep that going because we were, you know, it was going to happen in May. People stepped up and, and did a ton of work around that. And again, you just can't say enough about the people. So for me today, um, getting back to your question, um, for me today, I'm, I am very happy uh, that the organization is flourishing and doing well, um, and and that uh, some of what Darcy's legacy, of course, was was about creating um, great young men, and then who happened to play hockey, right? Like that was his focus all the time, and that continues to be the way it is today. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to the Saturday night game against Flynn Flon, and, and I see how how the people are and how the, the kids are, are athletes and that sort of thing. And, you know, just again, quality young people, but uh, you know, I'll never forget Darcy, um, you know, right in the middle of playoffs, there's a major snowstorm and Darcy has all the kids come to the rink. They're all dressed. He says, okay, guys, I want you to get, go and get some warm clothes. We're going to go out and we're going to shovel out this community. This is right in the middle of playoffs. They're going to have practice. They cancels practice so that his athletes can go out and shovel out billets, homes. And um, so you get home and it's like your driveway has been cleared, you know, or you and shoveled out other people's homes. He he actually went on the radio, said anybody who needs us, the Broncos are here to help. Like that was that was just what that organization was all about. And it's why um, when you think about the people who we've lost or have been impacted, um, and, you know, for the rest of their lives, um, you know, the 13 young, young men who are still alive today, the fact is, is that they were just all that way. Like that was, they, they were truly just great people and it's exactly what Dar- Darcy wanted. So, um, so I, today I am, like I said, I'm happy supporting youth, supporting adults to support youth in learning. And, uh, you know, we've just dealt with a, a pandemic. It's been uh, obviously very challenging across our country and across the world that way, but uh, sort of coming out of that, we're glad for that. But um, but certainly, uh, you know, leading up to today and every day before and every day after will always be something where you continue to, um, you know, we talk about time healing and I don't know that time ever heals. I think you just learn to deal with it deal with tragedy and loss. And I think that's where probably a lot of people are at. Um, I'm, I'm in the same place. I've just learned to have to deal with it and uh, recognize that um, I will never truly heal like anybody won't um, when you deal with the tragedy and the loss that we have, but you will just learn how to deal with the people and that loss in, in the way that you need to in your life. So um, that's where I am today. Definitely. That's well said, uh, uh, Kevin. Um, we really thank you for being on here with us today. And uh, like, I can't express to you how much we appreciate you sharing the, your, the story, uh, considering how tough a day that was for you in this whole process. Um, I, I'm 
I'm very fortunate I got to meet you and that we made a connection in Mexico that uh, I'll honestly cherish for the rest of my life that I, I met you and you were able to share the story with us. Um, we want to just ask some um, some questions maybe about the NHL, um, maybe your your favorite teams or your favorite players that you see yeah. around the league or who you think is going to win like the, the Stanley Cup for this year, yeah. um, your opinions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, you know what? Um, so I, I hear here's what I would say. Some people would say, "Who's your fa-? like? You know, who's your favorite hockey team?" Well, it's funny because yeah. baseball. I'm a huge Pirates fan. Like I've been okay. to Pittsburgh, I think five times, and and I've got oh, some yeah. close friends down there that work for the organization. And I, and and one of our own kids from Munster in our school division is actually in the organization. Oh, that's, that was pretty cool. exciting. Yeah, oh, cool. it's really cool. Uh, Logan Hoffman is his name and he's doing really well. Uh, hope to see him pitching in, in, uh, you know, with the pirates here in the next few years, but, um, but anyway, he, uh, and then football, I'm a huge Steelers fan. My brother and I've been to the Super Bowl, watched our Steelers win in Tampa, um, live, which was really a cool thing. Like, you know, you have That's those amazing. moments in your life, right. And be able to spend that with my brother, who's also a, a monstrous Steelers fan is pretty cool. <laughs> But uh, hockey has been something that I've always had people in my life who have um, been in hockey, right? And yeah. and so you kind of followed them. Like I had a um, Bobby Clark is related to my my dad, and and so oh, wow. obviously um, distantly. But uh, you mm-hmm. know, he grew up with my dad and know Bobby Clark well, and that sort of thing. And um, so you you followed the Flyers when you were a kid, and then yeah. and then you had people like Reed Simpson, who was a good friend of mine, and he kind of moved around a few different teams. But I always mm-hmm. cheered for Reed and yeah. Kenny Baumgartner, who who's uh, connected to us as well. That um, and so you followed Kenny around, and and uh, um, so I've I've never really latched on to a team. Now I would I would say that I like Winnipeg because of you know my connection with. Uh, Mr. Chipman and uh, and that sort of thing and and really appreciate that team. My brother's a huge Calgary Flames fan. Oh, yeah. um, whatever, um, but oh, uh, and I'm not. I don't. I don't dislike them or anything. So I, I'm I'm good there. Uh, but They're doing pretty uh, well this I, season. I, yeah, they are. And then I I mean uh, I I have to say that uh, my middle son is an enormous Colorado Avalanche fan. And, <laughs> He's uh, living life right now. He's just yeah. must be must yeah. be easy for Glory him right days now. For them. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he he's uh, he's certainly he's okay um, that way. Uh, and and uh, uh, Jared Bednar, who's the uh, yeah. um, head coach, of course, he came and helped us with our spring camp and that sort of thing. So I got to know Jared, and he's done some work with me with our humble Broncos. Um, uh, they, they have a memorial golf tournament, and I've been involved in in some of the work around uh, the the actual scholarship part of it and that sort of thing and i went to I, for the first time i actually participated in the in the golf this past um this past summer so that was fun but uh but Jer- so I, I i have to say i kind of cheer for colorado and then i have my nephew who has been spent i think it's uh seven or seven years now with the vancouver canucks organization he's played about I think somewhere around 25 games or something with the Canucks and he's in Abbotsford now just came back from a knee injury. And so I have to say, I cheer for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, as well. Ashton Sautner, so, don't be afraid to name drop him. Ashton Sautner. Great, yeah. Great defenseman yeah, for yeah. Abbotsford. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, uh, you know, he's still trying to 
get to that place where he can get a shot, but uh, he's, you know, he's been close. Um, this, uh, yeah. Anyway, he's, he, uh, it was interesting when the accident happened, he was with Vancouver and up with Vancouver actually playing a fair bit with them at that time. And so um, I just remember him saying that, uh, telling me that, uh, you know, he's thinking about me uncle and all that sort of thing. And he was going to be in Edmonton. Um, uh, when we were there with, when my nephew was in ICU, his cousin, and, um, as it turned out, uh, um, like he said, he, I guess they were talking to him on about it and that sort of thing too. But, um, I didn't, I never saw that, but I guess, it, I guess it, it is out there, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, he's, uh, he's been, uh, yeah, it's been fun kind of cheering for him and watching him on his journey as well um in hockey and so um you know he's still on that journey and so you know still live in that dream that every child has every one of our bronco kids has is to obviously you just want to get to the nhl at some point and so he's had its little taste of it and and continues to play in the ahl and and you know does a good job with abbotsford there and hopefully someday he can either play with vancouver or maybe somebody else one day who knows but um, not too many people stick around an organization for as long as he has, but he has. And so, um, which is wonderful. It probably speaks to what they think of him and that kind of thing, which is good. So he's a quality kid and, and uh, very proud of what he's been accomplishing as well in hockey. So I, I didn't give you a very good answer. I kind of have a myriad of teams. <laughs> Um, that was a perfect you know, answer. No, nah, it's a great answer. You know, you can you could just hop on the Colorado bandwagon. We won't uh, <laughs> we won't judge you too much. Yeah. I mean, well, you know. I, I I would do that for Jared because he's a yeah he's a pretty he's a pretty amazing man. I got to tell you, and an amazing coach. I'll never forget his first year. Like they he took over and they I don't know I don't know how many games they won. It was it was not very it was not very good. And the next year, I mean, they're contenders for the cup. And every year since they've been contenders for the cup under his leadership, he's an amazing coach, amazing man, and uh, amazing human being, you know, and uh, there's a book called the Zen of motorcycle uh, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Um, it talks about just exactly what Darcy Hogan stood for, which is if you want to be the best at something, start with being the best human you can be. And I think that, you know, that speaks to people like Jared and Mark Chipman and so many others in our world. Um, these, you know, our kids, Darcy Hogan, um, you know, so many people that you, that, uh, whose lives, um, you've had the, uh, great fortune to run into and that sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a, quite a journey. And, um, like I said, I, I'll wait and see, you asked me who is going to win. I don't know. I, it's going to be tight. I know my brother would be angry if I didn't say Calgary, but no, <laughs> so my please, son would be please angry. Don't if I didn't say Calgary. Say... Please don't yeah. say Calgary. <laughs> yeah, um, my brother would, my brother that way, but my sons, uh, you know, they're big Red Wing fans, um, which mm -hmm. is interesting, but uh, they're also, my oldest now is a huge Oilers fan. And so that's a bit of a shocker to me. And yet again, what a great organization. And, and, you know, I hope they, continue to do well as well it's funny when you don't have a team it's like when you're passionate about the pirates or the Steelers or or the riders or that kind of thing it's weird not to have a, the same passion for a, spe a specific team in the nhl and yet i just don't and 
Um, it's weird, but I just uh, feel like so you're so I, I connected <laughs> and so in love with the game overall. It's just, you know, it, it'd be a waste if you only liked one team. You know, I think it's great yeah. that you, I think it's great that you have a lot of respect and admiration and connections for a wide variety. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, I think that's perfect for you. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Um, uh, it, I, I, that's, that's a, that's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. It's, it's, um, you know, my, uh, I guess like, you know, I, I think about the leadership in Vegas and what they did for parts of our family and in Pittsburgh with what they did for some of the family of the Broncos and stuff like that. And, and, uh, like the, that's why it's hard to say, well, yeah, you know, like I just hope I, I watch hockey. I love hockey. Haven't watched it as much, um, in the last few years, uh, kind of been away from it. I, I hadn't gone to a Broncos game until, um, you know, after that first year after the accident, I never went back until just actually this year um, was the first time I'd been back. Uh, I got a young, young guy who's the head coach of the Weyburn Red Wings and they were in town and I really wanted to get there and see him. So um, because he just took over the head coach and GM role this year. So good friend of mine. So that was, that's the first time. And, and now it's kind of, it feels good to be doing some of those kinds of things again and, and being engaged with the sport. And I love it. It's, you know, in my heart's blood, but I'm just kind of been sort of putting it on a back shelf a little bit too. Well, after everything you, you've done and gone through, I think, I think you, I think you deserve, you know, to be in that arena and enjoy the Broncos. You know, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's something you deserve. Um, yeah, we all do. We, yeah. You know, there's so many that do. Um, sure. I think I think this is a great spot to wrap it up. Uh, it's been it's been a long episode, but I, I've enjoyed every second of it. It's been absolutely amazing to listen to your story. Um, we'd love to have you on again just to talk about hockey sometime. You know, if you if you'd like, mm-hmm. you know, just we love talking about hockey and and yeah, know, I, no, I think you're a great mind for it. We'd love sure. to have you back. Um, we share we share that passion, Bryce. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I know, know how much you guys love it. I I watch I check out your your uh, YouTube channel and all that uh, sort of thing. And we've got, and, uh, we've got some hot you on takes. Instagram we, and Twitter and stuff. So. We really appreciate that. We've got yeah. some hot takes, but we just we just love to talk about it. You know, just yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a great it's, thing about hockey. You know, yeah. it just builds such a community and such joy yeah, with some people. And love yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Kevin. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, again, we can't thank you enough. Um, if you want, uh, you know, we'll plug all your social medias and stuff like that on our on our on our video, and and just you know, just so people can follow you and, and you know, support you and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Jacob, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, just thank you again. I know we said it so many times, but we're truly greatly thankful that you came here and talked to us on our podcast. Um, uh, it was the best thing ever meeting you. And I, I, I loved hearing the story from your perspective and I would think it was an important thing for everyone else to hear because it's just such an important, um, uh, like event that, that occurred. And, you know, even though it was such a negative event, some positive things could come out of it where people have come together and it was nice to hear your perspective of that. So thank you for coming on, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Well, th- again, thank you for having me. And, and when you think about, uh, you know, the aftermath and you think about, you know, the fact that people really saw and, and they started, I, I really do believe people treated people kinder and that sort of thing. We need a lot of that in our world today, don't we? Definitely. Our country's a little bit broken and I, and uh, COVID's been part of that, but we've got some division and that sort of thing in our own country. And then in our world, things look, 
you know, are, are, are fairly um, challenging right now. And so we certainly hope that, you know, we can get back to some of that, that we start treating each other kindly and, and respectfully. And that sort of idea is really something that, um, you know, goes back to what, what the Broncos were all about. So um, with that, I, I thank both of you for this opportunity. It's been good to be able to talk to you and, and certainly also appreciated that opportunity, Jacob, to be able to meet you um, back in Huatulco, Mexico, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, ha- then having this opportunity to connect with you today. So thank you both and wish you all the best. Definitely. Thank, thank you, you so much. much Evan. Thank you so much. Take care.